Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Tellage Talks. Today, it's Julie Fouché, one of the great success stories in the sport of CrossFit. She made four appearances in the CrossFit Games and never finished outside of the top five. In fact, Julie twice was on the podium. In 2012, she finished second in the world. And in 2014, Julie finished third in the world. In fact, in 2015, she was the favorite heading into the games, but in the regionals suffered a very unfortunate injury, but still her story of grit and determination won over fans all over the globe. In 2012, well, she began her second life, if you will, her career in medicine. She went, began going to medical school, and she continues to this day. She's doing her residency as we speak. She hosts a podcast called Pursuing Health with Julie Fouché, and I had a great opportunity very recently to catch up with her. She was working out at Black Flag Athletics in Avon, and she was doing a class with several other students. It was kind of cool to see that aspect of a world-class athlete still working at her craft, staying in shape, enjoying the sport that she got so much out of and is still putting so much back into. So we sat down and had a great little chat. Hope you enjoy it. Julie Fouché on Tellage Talks. Julie, let's go back to the beginning before you got in to CrossFit, because I think that's kind of a great leaping off point for you and I and our conversation. How did that come about? Where were, we, where were you, um, you know, schooled? And then how did you kind of get to that point? That's a great question. So <laughs> I was in school actually at the University of Michigan. So not a very popular thing to reveal around this um, state, but I was in school in college. I was just finished my sophomore year of college. I was studying biomedical engineering and I thought that I wanted to go to med school. I wasn't 100% sure, but that was the track that I was on. And I lived in a dorm at the time and was in a friend's dorm room just watching TV. And someone who ends up happening to be my husband now <laughs> pulled up the CrossFit.com. And he was looking at the workouts. And he had really been doing it at our school rec center on his own. He would just look at what the workout of the day was. This is back in 2000 nine. Okay. Um, and so a lot of people were just following the blog. They would do the workout of the day. They would post their time in the comments. This is very new in the sport. Yeah, it years, wasn't. I mean, years. it was early years for sure. The first CrossFit Games was in 2007. So it was still pretty early. And I immediately was interested. I had done gymnastics growing up and I had done track and field. In those first couple of years of college, I wasn't doing any college sports. So I felt really What'd lost. What did you do in track and field? I did sprints okay. and I did pole vault. Okay, so. so great athletic ability. Doing the pole vault, you've got to be a tremendous athlete. It was a and good you crossover be crazy. from gymnastics. you yeah. got to be crazy to do it. <laughs> a little bit. How little did you bit. get there? I'm sorry to de yeah. detour, but the pole vault is so fascinating to me. Where did you get the gumption that you could put yourself you know, upside down with a bending mm -hmm. pole with gravity fighting you and get over that thing? Yeah, I don't think I really thought about it at the time because now I think back and I'm like, would I would I go back and try that again now? I don't know. But I think just growing up doing gymnastics, I always had that comfort with 
doing tricks and flying through the air and being upside down. It was sort of second mm-hmm. nature to me. So pole vault was a natural transition when I started track in high school. Um, I had done high jump in middle school and they, they didn't have pole vault then. So once I had pole jump or pole vault in high school is when I started. Okay. Um, but I had that background in the first couple of years of college, I felt pretty lost. So I was doing, you know, I'd go to our school gym, I'd do the elliptical and the machines and, for a while, I, w- I started swimming with one of my friends that I met in college. She had swam in high school, and we decided we'd tri- sign up for a triathlon together. So I did that for a little while, um, and I actually even bought a triathlon bike thinking, okay, maybe this is going to be my new thing. And then, of course, a few months later, I found CrossFit, and then the bike sat in the basement forever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done any tries? Um, I've done a few. Okay. So I did that first summer. I did one. I think I did maybe three or four in those early years of CrossFit. And um, actually there's been a similar spins on a triathlon in the CrossFit games before too. So it was all good preparation. Okay. So you, you got into the sport. you're at, at the university of Michigan. Mm -hmm. What about it appealed to you? I just liked that it was different. It was something different every day that I could use my background in gymnastics and do um, body weight movements that I could do weightlifting, that I could do running, which I like to do. Um, but the things that I didn't like about track in high school was the fact that you had to run repeats every day. And this allowed me to break it up. You can do that one day, but then the next day you're lifting a heavy barbell or mixing in some gymnastics movement. So I really liked that. And then as soon as then my husband and I, we started dating and then we went and joined our local CrossFit affiliate in Ann Arbor. And as soon as I walked into the gym, I immediately felt at home. I immediately felt like this is what I had been looking for. Mm. You have a class of other people who are working out. You have a coach telling you what to do. Um, it really, to me, felt a lot like being in gymnastics again or okay. being on a team. Okay. Can you coach? I mean, the reason mm-hmm. I ask that question is some people are more comfortable yes. being coached, being led, versus telling other people how to do their routines. Definitely. So I do coach. I would say it's not something that comes second nature to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm like a natural coach. But I do enjoy coaching, and I've been lucky to teach on the CrossFit seminar staff. So I help to teach some of the seminars um, around, well, now they're all around the world, but basically weekend seminars, introductory courses to CrossFit. And um, now we're teaching a lot of those actually to physicians. So it's been a great sort of segue for me to now combine what I'm doing in medicine with everything that I have been through and that I'm passionate about in CrossFit. Now, when you talk about working with physicians and stuff, this is an admirable thing in my my estimation is you're attacking health. You're attacking people's well-being through the front door, not through the back door. Right. And, yeah. And, and that's that's I think that's the way to go. And I think a lot of medical people in the medical profession have to think in those terms. What brought you to that line of thinking? So it really was my experience in CrossFit. At that time, when I first started, I thought I knew I wanted to go to med school. In some, in my mind, I thought I probably wanted to be a specialist. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but the idea of knowing one part of the body really well appealed to me. Um, I had done some shadowing in primary care settings, and I thought oh, I don't really like this. It's too broad. It's maybe it's too boring. So I thought, okay, at least I can rule that out, and I'll go to med school and I'll figure out what specialty I want to do. But Once I took actually my first level one seminar and I saw laid out for me the methodology and the philosophy behind CrossFit, it really became clear, um, you know, also going through my first year or two of medical school and seeing what a huge problem 
chronic diseases in our country and how most of these diseases can be prevented or treated with our lifestyle behaviors, it became so clear to me that this is the solution. The solution is not coming to a doctor's office for 15 minutes every three months or every six months. It's how are we helping people to move, use their bodies, eat well in their day-to-day life. And that's what's happening at the CrossFit affiliates. And that's kind of a universal feel. And it probably is uh, going back to when Mr. Glassman, when Greg kind of designed this whole Mm -hmm. movement, this way of doing things that people thought he was off his rocker. Right. And, and rightly so, I would imagine. Oh yeah. I mean, he's been doing this stuff for decades and it's amazing how simple it is, but how, and how, like he talks about, it's an elegant solution for chronic disease or an elegant solution for one of the world's biggest problems right now. It's, he didn't reinvent exercise. I mean, he didn't invent exercise. People have been doing these exercises for years, but what happened was we packaged them together. He packaged them together in such a way that makes it um, engaging and put it into, you know, adding the time component, adding the intensity component, and then the real magic, which is the community. It's the CrossFit affiliates. That's where, you know, we talk about how important diet and exercise are, but really relationships, community support is such a hugely important part of our health. And CrossFit brings that um, to so many people who otherwise are really isolated in their lives. So let's go back to when you got into the sport initially, and then was there the light bulb going off saying, I can be really good at this on on a competitive level, or I can just use this to be in better shape and to enjoy my stay here in in wherever I happen to be? Well, that's how it started. I definitely started just wanting to do it to be in better shape. I felt like, you know, since being in my high school sports, it was hard for me to find the right things to do to stay in shape. And... But then it really took off quickly. So I started in the summer of 2009. There were a few other people at my gym who wanted to do some extra training for local competitions. Okay. And I said, okay, I'll try it. I'll do that with you. It sounds like fun. So we did that extra training. And then I did a couple local competitions that year. And every time really surprised myself with how well I did and made such huge gains in that first year. I mean, it was amazing to me. I didn't really have much strength coming in. There were skills that I didn't know how to do, but yeah, where were you making the most gains? Like what specific things? I would say strength. Okay. Um, strength was huge because I really wasn't didn't have a lot of strength going in, and then just a, some of the skills, the movement okay. patterns. Um, and so I made huge progress those first few months, and then that year, the way to qualify to the CrossFit Games, we had to do a sectional competition, which was actually held at the Arnold in Columbus that okay. year, and then there was a regional competition, and I went. Both of those, not really having expectations, again, surprising myself, and I ended up qualifying to the games, which was crazy because I'd really watched it. I mean, they they showed the videos online from the year before, and I remember watching those and looking up to all those women and thinking about how cool it would be to be there, but I never thought that it would be possible even in one year. But yet you did, and then you placed incredibly high. And I'm sure that shocked you in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. <laughs> but but what was that experience like for you to 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 go into something that you had really was so foreign to you, mm-hmm. and yet on the world stage and the national stage, do mm-hmm. so exceptionally well? I mean, it was it was amazing. I think I went into that games 2010. It was the first year that the CrossFit Games had been held in a big stadium. So it was at what was it called that year? The Home Depot Center. Okay. Now it's called the StubHub Center. StubHub, yeah. 
Um, and so I remember when they released, you know, the announcement that they were going to hold it there and thinking about, wow, how cool would that be? And it was just awesome. And it was competing against these women I had looked up to that I'd watched in videos. And for me, the whole experience was just, it showed how much the different aspects of my past and my history with fitness in different ways could play a role. So little things like events where you'd have to run, I would, or you'd swim. And I would think back to the, you know, the swimming that I did in college, or I remember that first games we had to do pistols, which are one-legged squats. And I had never, they'd never done them in the CrossFit games before. I had never really practiced them in CrossFit, but we used to do them in gymnastics all the time. So I, you know, they announced it, I practiced a few and it went okay. So you really, I think it just allows you to lean on all of the history that you have with sports and with movement and athletics. And so it was cool to see some of that experience. I mean, even the experience of competing, it was similar to gymnastics or track where you have multiple events in a day and you have to learn how to recover in between and kind of be on for that event. So, so many little factors that played a role in I think helping me do that well that first year. How did you adjust yourself image worth or whatever by how well you were doing in the competition? Did that, did that evolve? Oh, that's a evolved bit. a lot over the last <laughs> so oh, many sorry. years. The first year, I think it was just a whirlwind, and I don't think I had any expectations, so it was just great. Um, over the next several years, I struggled a lot with my own self-confidence. Even though I had done well the first year, the next year that I went um, was the year that I transitioned to med school. So okay. a month or so before the games, I had moved to Cleveland. I started med school. I, in a couple of year, months preceding that, I had lost some, like a grandparent and an uncle and then another grandmother like earlier. And I hadn't really dealt with that because I was so focused on competing. So I had a lot of things going on, a lot of stress going on behind the scenes. And I remember getting to the games and really thinking, you know, this is your second year, just you wanna make sure that you're not, like people don't think that it was a mistake that you placed fifth last year, like just don't do worse than last year. And going, I did well the whole weekend and going into the last event, I was actually in third and I had a really good shot to get on the podium and the last event kind of, I totally fell apart. And that was for me coming back and recovering from that and thinking about it it was a big wake up call to like find my confidence and believe in myself and believe that I was capable of more than I thought. And so the next couple of years, I really worked on that a lot. I ended up finally making it on the podium then the following year and then um, my last year competing, I think I felt the best that I had ever felt. For some reason, the games, I think, didn't go as I had planned. I ended up getting third, though, still, which was amazing, all things considered. Um, but I finally, like, towards the end of my career, I think I finally found that confidence and, like, that permission to believe that you want to win and that you deserve it and that you're capable of it. It's really hard for some people to find that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you might counsel a young um, athlete that's getting into the sport or any mm-hmm. kind of sport, and yet they're they think they're the the worst of the group. They think they have no place whatsoever to be competitive mm-hmm. with other people, and I guess it's a self journey. I think it we is. all it is, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hurt to have nudges from people that kind of went that same kind of a path like you did. Absolutely, yeah. I think especially. I mean, we all struggle with it just being in the world. I think we all doubt ourselves at times or whether it's in your job or whether it's in a sport that you're doing that Mm -hmm. you know we humans have this negative self-talk that for some reason we tend to to go in that way and so it's it's a practice it's not something that comes naturally but a lot of times you have to practice it and you have to practice that confidence and believing in yourself and 
for me, all of my confidence always came from my preparation. The more prepared I was, the more confident I was. I think some people naturally can find that confidence in different ways. Um, so it's always a process, but I think, you know, we have to believe in ourselves. We have to not be afraid, especially I think for women, it's hard too to not be afraid to say, yes, I want to win and I deserve it. And sometimes that doesn't come naturally, but, um, over time you can practice and you can get there. (laughs) (laughs) So Julie, you went from the point where you're on top of the world in the sport, but you're thinking of long-term, what is Julie Fouché going to be all about? Yes. And that's where we come to like today with what you're doing. How far along are you in the medical journey? And then let's talk a little bit about your podcast and what its aim is. Sure. So I am right now in residency. I actually went full circle and I came back to primary care after CrossFit. I decided this is how I'm going to have the biggest impact. And especially this is how I can use my platform that I've been lucky to have through competing in CrossFit to help other people. Um, improve their own health and their own lives. So I'm actually in my last year of residency now. Um, and then my husband, who's also now he's in family medicine and he has graduated from residency. But once I'm done, our plan is to really use everything that we've learned from CrossFit and from medicine and to try to bring it all together to help people improve their lives and improve their health, um, from kind of a holistic perspective. So how will that manifest itself? Well, I'm sure you've, yes, you've done some planning, we're thinking, some talking. We're planning. Um, I won't reveal any huge plans yet or anything too specific, but we are going to open a practice together. Okay. Um, and it will really be closely connected to our CrossFit community and to... Which will be unique, I think. Yeah, Super I think it unique. will. There are definitely people doing it, and I think it's the future. I think that so many... Um, there are so many people who who want to get there who are working on unique ways to try to incorporate it. And so I'm excited to see sort of how that plays out and what's the best model that we can all use to help people get healthier and also keep promoting the um, the movement of CrossFit. I think it's kind of cool that CrossFit lends itself to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably, if you were doing something else, you might be more reticent, you and your husband, to mm-hmm. go down that path because you know that how it was conceived long ago by Glassman and, yep. and what the aims of the sport seem to be. For sure. It's always been at its core. I think it's easy to get distracted by the CrossFit games and that's very exciting and shiny. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, that is such a small percentage of the people who are doing CrossFit and what CrossFit's all about. At its roots, CrossFit is about the everyday average person going to the gym, getting healthier, supporting each other. It's not necessarily about competing with the person next to you, but competing with yourself, learning new skills, doing things that you didn't think you were capable of doing. Um, and just growing. I think that we all grow physically in what we're capable of, but we also grow a lot mentally in overcoming those barriers too. Do you like where the sport's going? It seems like this year it's mm-hmm. kind of been a little bit more inclusive to people, other people that were in other sports. I know Hunter McIntyre was a big mm-hmm. focus outside of the general realm of CrossFit, but people that, so you expose the sport more. Apparently. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of changes to the format this year. And what I like is it's allowed people from all over the world to compete in cross in the CrossFit Games. So they this year brought in a champion from each country to compete at the Games in Madison. And that was really great to see the representation of CrossFit from all over the world. And I think that's only going to continue to grow over the next few years. And now having those representatives that competed this past year, I think it's they're going to go home and their whole sport is going to grow in their country. There's been some 
outstanding champions and upper echelon athletes that you know we we hear about all the time of course most recent years it's Tia Mm -hmm. she's been a champ for several years now Matt has been a champ Mm -hmm. you know in the men's competition but there's people here in Northeast Ohio. I'm, I'm sure you obviously know Scott Panchik yes. so well and the whole family there. Yes. What do those types of people mean to this the sport? And, and someone like Scott, who's kind of like a, the OG, if we're talking about, yes. you know, that still is very, I mean, he, he oh, placed incredibly top. high yeah. this year. He's so consistent. And, and so he's impressive. up there, in, you know, in the age, too. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I remember meeting Scott the first time, 2000, it must have been 2011, I think because that was his first year, when he came in to the gym I was working at out at downtown, and he had never been into a CrossFit gym before, but he had qualified to the games, or I think he had qualified already, but he was like, gosh, I better start like getting into a gym and figuring out all these movements, and so he came in, and, and it's just been so amazing to see how consistent he is, and the community that he has built at CrossFit Mentality, his family is all amazing, they've built such a strong community there, Um, and so it's been so cool to see all of them really like thriving in that, in that environment and to see him continuing at such a high level year after year. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All right. This podcast, what's going on with that? What's the aim (laughs) for? So I started my podcast pursuing health in 2015. Mm -hmm. I started it right after I retired from competing in the CrossFit Games. So that was sort of my way of continuing to connect with the CrossFit community to expose Um, them to a lot of the amazing people that I had met through CrossFit and I really like having long interviews or like one-on-one interviews with people I think that's why I'm drawn to medicine I like that one-on-one relationship I think that um, I like having meaningful deep conversations with people and so it's been a great platform for me to do that and then to evolve over the years initially it was a lot more about sports a lot more about top athletes and now it's really evolved more into health. I mean, there's still a lot about CrossFit and a lot about athletes, but there's also more broad interviews about health as well. Do you get a lot of people to get hooked into it from just not necessarily knowing that you were a, a upper echelon mm-hmm. CrossFit athlete, but just from the health side saying, you know, well, first they might search and say pursuing health mm-hmm. and there you go. Mm-hmm. But then, then they get hooked in the sense that here's a, a young woman that's trying to pursue a career in medicine, but yet coming at it, as I mentioned, like from the front door to Mm -hmm. people in that way. Yeah. I think still right now my listeners are mostly people who are doing CrossFit for one way or another. I don't know how many of them, you know, are that interested in the CrossFit Games, but I think they're definitely a group of people who are doing CrossFit, but they're not just interested in the competitive aspect of CrossFit. They're looking at it more from a broad health perspective, and so they really enjoy that content um, that has to do more with nutrition or um, sleep or stress or various other topics. And you have some very interesting guests. Mm-hmm. I can recall one episode you were talking to individuals that were more connected with the gyms and trying to mm-hmm. have better synergy, Yeah. you know, in order to run their businesses better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. There's so many different angles. Um, I mean, the CrossFit community is huge. There's so much awesome stuff happening within it. So I like to sh- try to spread those stories. Sometimes I even interview um, people who just have really unique health stories who've used CrossFit to overcome a health challenge or um, um, some health condition. And so I like to share that because I think that it's relatable for a lot of people. It's not just about connecting and finding out what the top athletes are doing. It's about connecting with someone who maybe is similar to you. 
I'm really happy that I got a chance to meet you and to chat with you. And I can still recall several years ago, three or four years ago, we did a series of stories about women here in Northeast Ohio that have that grit and and I think there's there, there I think those types of stories have to be celebrated. Yeah. And I realize also in <laughs> in the context of that story, the fact that you continued competing and if people don't know, you comp- continued competing in the that was the central regional. It was. And you had blown out your Achilles, mm-hmm. and there you are in a boot. And I thought that was amazing, along with what you did. Um, what was that like? Oh my God. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, it's one of the coolest experiences actually of my life, even though it wasn't how I anticipated that going. <laughs> you set that out was, to do that, did Yeah, you? that was my last season of competing in the games before I went back to finish med school. And I knew that from the beginning and it was my last chance basically to qualify to the games and have that last chance to, to win the games. And my Achilles, I tore my Achilles halfway through the competition. Luckily, the next event was a handstand walk, which you don't really need your foot for. So I decided to do it. And it was it was just such a powerful moment of feeling that connection with the CrossFit community and how they were sort of there supporting me. And it just, it meant a lot. It was really a powerful emotional moment because it's what happens at our gyms all the time. It's someone gets their first pull up and everyone's there cheering them on or someone has a rough day and they're there to pat you on the back. And that's what it was, but it was just on such a big scale. It was really a cool experience. So in a sense, it was an incredible confirmation that you had gone down a pretty cool path and Mm -hmm. you were in the right sport. Definitely, definitely. What a pleasure to talk to you. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. Thanks once again to Julie for spending a few moments with me so we could chat about her past in the sport of CrossFit and where she and her husband are going as they look forward to their careers in the medical profession with a very cool and refreshing way to look at the entire profession. It's kind of cool. Also want to let you know, I had the opportunity to talk to one of the young ladies in the sport of CrossFit not too long ago. This was before the CrossFit Games, Fee Sakafi. And Fee is just an, an incredible young woman who I know has been inspired by what Julie has done as a CrossFit athlete. And so I hope you have the opportunity to check out in my archives. That would be episode 24 when we chatted with Fee as she was so excited heading to the CrossFit Games in 2019. Also want to update you on Rob Steger from episode 31. He's the guy that could not even run a mile, tried forever to even run one complete mile, but now he's on the verge of running his second 200-mile ultramarathon. This is the Tahoe, Tahoe 200 out there at Lake Tahoe, and that is taking place in a matter of a few days this week. So I wish Rob all the best in the race, and he will also be running in this Triple Crown of 200s. He'll be fundraising for children's pediatric cancer research. So I think that's great. And take a listen to episode 31 about Rob Steger. And then finally, another plug for one of the high school football coaches that we have interviewed on this podcast. That's the head coach of the Mentor Cards, Steve Trevisano. His final season of, that's 23 seasons now, he's been the head coach of the Mentor Cards. And they are off to, after two weeks of the season, a very good start to their season, having beaten St. Edward and St. Ignatius in weeks one and two. 
And that's about going to do it for this episode of Tellich Talks. Thank you very much for listening to it. And we, of course, always appreciate if you can stop, share this, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and give us a good writing. We really would appreciate that. And until the next time, we look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you as well on another edition of Tellich Talks. See you then.